0: The Predacons have never abandoned our rightful goal of Galactic Conquest. No, we have merely been waiting for the right moment to strike. You mean like this? (laughs) Cheater! Ah, a treacherous underhanded sneak attack. Oh, I like you, Pussycat. Yes. the emerald city of seattle it's the mike cyber radio podcast your home for pop culture transformers independent artists interviews transformers and stuff and things also sometimes transformers. and now here he is the creed that always rises to the top Mike Seibert.
1: <laughs> Thank you, and welcome back to Mike Seibert Radio. I am your host. If you'd like to get a hold of me, I am at Mike Seibert Radio. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Call the Mike Seibert Radio voicemail hotline, 231-224-Mike. That's 231 224 4 Five, three, and right into the mailbag, Mike Radio at gmail.com. And this special double bonus episode is all about CybeFest Northwest 2019. The sixth annual CybeFest Northwest Transformers Convention is happening this Saturday, July 27th at the Kent Commons Community Center in Kent, Washington. It's the unofficial Transformers Convention in the Pacific Northwest by the fans. For the fans, and during this episode, I'll be joined by several guest exhibitors, vendors, and panelists, each with their own interesting stories about being part of the Pacific Northwest Transformers fandom. All that more on this all new episode of Mike Seibert Radio, but first, let's kick things off with some shout outs. Well, two quick things I wanted to mention uh, about where you can hear even more about CybeFest Northwest in a couple other places. Um, A couple weeks ago, during Alt Mode episode 137 of the Transmissions podcast, previous Mike Seibert Radio guests... Ben Harpold and Liz Bayer were special guests, and they talk a lot about what folks can look forward to this weekend at CybeFest. Uh, I I think I phrased that kind of funny. Uh, So Liz and Ben were guests on Transmissions Alt Mode episode number 137 uh, that happened uh, also while I was on vacation uh, they were also guests for the uh, mainline episode of transmissions as well but uh, during 137 of alt mode uh, it was it was all about Cybefest and it was really fun to uh, listen to and you know I, I may have to uh, steal a couple of uh, Yoshi's interview uh, question ideas because those, those were really fizzy and got a lot of really cool uh, answers Anyway, that was a that was a really fun episode, and uh, will give you a lot of insight and information um, about CybeFest Northwest that you're not going to necessarily get during this episode uh, because I'm I'm using this as a platform to highlight uh, some of the um, exhibitors and some of the other folks uh, that uh, uh, that will be participating in CybeFest this weekend. Um, and I mentioned this during my previous episode, uh, but also before. I I went on vacation. Uh, I was invited up to the studios of 1077 the end, uh, here in Seattle, by Gregor, uh, their morning show host, to talk about my Transformers fandom. Uh, we also talk about Cybefest and KGRG and podcasting. Um, it was it was a blast. Uh, he wrote a really fun blog. Uh, took a bunch of cool uh, photos of uh, the Devastator toys that listener Nick lent us to play with, and. I was a guest uh sitting in during episode one ninety one kicking off a brand new season of gregor's podcast, so you're in Seattle uh we talked for jeez uh easily over an hour um was a was a really fun time uh check it out and it is a, it is kind of fun because like uh the, I, I I would hope this is Greg's uh, uh, takeaway also, but it is kind of funny with uh, uh, two grown-ass men that haven't played around with Transformers a whole lot trying to build a Combiner Wars Devastator because, I mean, that that is six Voyager-class figures and trying to, uh, you know, follow the instructions. Um, it, it was, I mean, uh, Nick gave us a whole bunch of toys, like, you know, he gave us some third-party stuff, but we really just... Just kind of want to concentrate on building Devastator, and that took all of the time and plus a little more uh, than we allotted for uh but it was it was still a blast again the the pictures uh uh you know really uh convey what we did and the podcast was a lot of fun and i will have links to both of those posts uh that episode of transmissions alt mode as well as Gregor's blog um uh, which you can find at 1077 com. um but i i will have links to those in the show notes uh so you can check those out at your leisure uh, uh, prior to uh Sidefest this weekend. Uh now the first thing you probably noticed when uh, about this podcast when you went to go download it is that it's got a um how shall we say a uh, robust running time. And that's totally my fault because I had such a great time with each one of my guests that you're going to hear from that. I, I just, uh, I couldn't stay on script and keep on schedule. Um, I just, I, the conversation was just so much fun. Um, because I mean, that's why you're here, right? You know, for the, for these lengthy, uh, deep dive conversations, uh, with, uh, with really cool folks. Um, as I said, these conversations are a lot of fun and everybody has different things that they're offering uh, during sidefest Northwest this Saturday. Uh, so I hope you're able to listen to the whole show and definitely uh, check these folks out. A lot of really cool folks here in the uh, uh, Pacific Northwest uh, uh, Transformers fan community. Uh, so we're, we're going to start by actually traveling back in time a little bit. My first interview is actually... Actually, an excerpt uh, from my upcoming TFCon Toronto Artist Alley interview extravaganza, uh, where very similar to this uh, exhibition for CybFest, I I talked to a ton of independent artists in Artist Alley at TFCon, and because of s- scheduling time management. And all of my other uh, uh, things that I can come up with as lame excuses. I don't have that quite ready to publish yet, uh, but that will be coming soon. Um, I'm I'm really excited by the way it's turning out. So if you like this episode, uh, uh, definitely uh, keep an eye on your feed for um, uh, even more independent artists uh, that I connected with at uh, TFCon Toronto. And, you know... I, I, I know a lot of folks that listen to uh my podcast are other podcasters and I don't know how y'all do it sometimes. It's like I've been uh uh I, I've been doing this for almost five years and time management is always my uh my biggest enemy and I've really felt the crunch this year le uh, this year, uh, this week, uh, leading up to CybeFest coming off of vacation, trying to get back into work. And, um, I know a lot of podcasters that have full-time jobs and they can, they can crank out a, a polished professional, uh, uh, podcast on time every time. And whereas I'm just, you know, if you look back in your feeds, you're like, wait a minute, Niagara Falls and TFcon Toronto recap and now CybeFest. and it's uh I am just burying you with content so I I um appreciate everybody being patient and hanging with me and um and hanging out uh, uh through all these cool episodes anyway I, I I went way on track there and uh so let's let's without any further ado let's get into um our interviews for CybeFest Northwest And first, uh, let's meet Cosmic Danger. So let's talk about some of your
2: art. Okay, cool. Yeah, uh, my name is Billy, but I also go by Cosmic Danger pretty much everywhere. Um, I'm a freelance artist, and uh, I also do comics for some indie publisher people. Mm Mm-hmm. That's pretty much just my life.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Well, uh, uh, well, I, I was making my way down Artist Alley here at mm-hmm. uh, TFCon uh, Toronto, and I, I came across a, a lot of your arts that I just had to stop and take a look at, including uh, your dangly keychains and some of your adorable stickers that I just I, I can't resist. <laughs> um, so, what I, I guess I. Uh, why don't we start with? Um, let's talk about the style of your art and the type, because it's, it's, it's definitely a couple of different type of mixed media type of thing.
2: I don't know. I kind of like to split it equally between doing like really cute, round stuff because mm-hmm. it's adorable. And um, I also try and go for more of like a stylized semi-realism for some things. Yeah. Very cool. And uh, uh, where are you from? I'm from the Seattle area. Get out of
1: here. Our... Um I I am from Seattle as well.
2: What? Oh my
1: goodness. Yeah, so
2: you're not the first person I met here at TFCon where uh who are from like that area. Yeah? Yeah, it's like I'm not quite from Seattle, but I'm near it and it's just easier to say I'm from Seattle, but it's uh, Of course. It's super funny how it took me coming to Toronto Learned that all these people that I know are from like Washington. <laughs> That's
1: awesome. But yeah, it, it's the airport conversation, right? You know, it's like, where are you from? Seattle. Yeah. But if somebody comes back and says, well, actually, I live in Everett, I'm like, cool, I live in Federal Way. You know, yeah. it's like, yeah. then then you kind of start to chip it down exactly. a little bit. Exactly. Yeah. I would imagine folks from other big cities are kind of like that as well. Yeah. Because um, like, I've had some folks that kind of live closer to you know the Toronto area here and it's like I'm from London I'm like oh you must have traveled a very far no it's a half hour drive it's
2: fine (laughs) yeah I'm Uh, actually from like a tiny little town called Port Orchard oh very cool nobody's heard of that so I just say Seattle
1: (laughs) yeah that's that's a lovely area though I love Port Orchard it's very very cool
2: so um, uh, side
1: tangent since we're you know several thousand miles away from our homeland (laughs) but um, uh, by chance are you going to be at a side fest coming up at I the am. end of July. Yes. Oh, very cool. Well then, I will see you again there as Fantastic. well. Fantastic. I'm looking
2: forward to it. And I had no idea
1: <laughs> because because research and I don't pay close enough attention. <laughs> uh, very cool. Well, um Let's see. Um, So uh, questions that I've been asking folks as I've been kind of making my way along, um, whether they've been, you know, like the the, uh, official, um, you know, commissioned artists for the big comic companies or um, awesome fan artists, uh, like a lot of folks that I'm meeting down here, Mm -hmm. I like to ask them kind of what... um, kind of what, what your biggest challenge is, getting your art out there for folks to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second arm of that is kind of what uh, what's the dream, you know, kind of what, okay. what your ultimate goal is. And then finally, to round that out, uh, what advice you might have for folks that would be uh, interested in pursuing their own artistic interests and pursuits.
2: All right. Okay. So... Start with the first one. Um, The biggest challenge in getting my stuff seen is learning how to play the social media game. Because there's no real set rule. And you have to find, like, what works for you. And that's so hard to, like, learn as you go.
3: Mm -hmm. Because
2: a lot of it is luck, straight up. And um, just trying to, like, hit that lucky streak and um, find out what you're doing that's the biggest issue and the biggest hurdle because I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just here (laughs) 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 trying my best. Well, I mean, that's
1: the thing. I mean, we're all fans, right? You know, whether, whether we're, we're goofy podcasters or we're fan artists, you know, trying to, you know, uh, get our names out there and trying to, you know, make a couple bucks along the way. It's Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, we're, we're all fans. We're all here for the same stuff.
2: Yeah, exactly. And um, I guess I would say my dream is that I would love to do like covers, and maybe some, like, interior work for some bigger names, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I would just love to do that so much. Um, and I'm sure I'll get there eventually. But, uh, and I guess uh, my advice would be don't stop. Yeah. Because I know that there are, I, I have friends who get so discouraged just because, um, you know, it can take time, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, just don't stop. Find something that you love doing and keep doing it because you love it, mm-hmm. not because you're trying to reach an end goal. The end goal will get there. You just have to keep going.
1: I love that. Um, so, what what is it about Transformers fandom specifically that 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 is your outlet for your art?
2: I would say that it's everyone is just so friendly. Like, you know, I've I've been in a few different fandoms, mm-hmm. sort of, over the years. But Transformers is like from the moment that I got interested in it, people have just been like so warm and welcoming and supportive. And, you know, like I really wouldn't have gotten as far as I am today without that sort of like support, you know, and just the friends I made along the way.
1: Gotcha, very cool. It's it's a great fandom. Yes, it really I love is. it. Um, so uh, before I leave you be, so I can stop blocking your table, <laughs> and folks can get some of these awesome dangly keychains and and your awesome stickers. And I love your RC, by the way, too. She is oh, thank fierce, you, fierce thank and you. a half. Along I love with, her. Uh, yeah, she's she's <laughs> awesome. And I, and I really like what how how they've kind of uh, uh, repurposed her character in in the, yes. in the more contemporary fiction. Yeah, um, because yeah, it's like it, it's great. That you know, she was um, you know the first prominent uh, uh, female Transformer mm-hmm. and Autobot, but she was still kind of like the girl one.
2: Yeah, um, yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, I. I love Transformers the movie. It it yeah. it is my jam, it is my exactly. flame But but <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. it's it's kinda it's kinda cool to see uh uh see her get her due in, yes, in more uh, absolutely. fiction Yeah. And and yeah, just looking at your table here too, I love I love your Lady Octopus. She's uh oh, thank she,
2: you. She's awesome. Yeah, it's like I saw that movie and like it's like immediately I saw her and it's like I have to go home and draw this character. Yeah. Like right now.
1: In a, in a weird way, uh, kind of off the cuff, just uh, geeking out a bit, it Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse kind of reminds me of what I think a lot of people like about contemporary Transformers fandom and fiction. Yes, is you know it's it's bright, it's colorful, mm-hmm. it's inclusive, it's progressive. Yeah, exactly, and yeah, it's so. And it,
2: it feels fresh, and it feels exactly. inviting. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Exactly. And th- so, yeah, so sometimes when I, because sometimes I have difficulty articulating uh, why I'm so mm-hmm. into uh, Transformers fandom. And recently I've kind of used, ironically enough, uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, now think of that, but with transforming robots. Yeah. And and there's tons of shipping as well. <laughs> They're like, I don't know what that is. That's fine. Well. Yeah. That's okay. <laughs> it's, it's, it's We'll okay. get there. It, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, uh, before we part ways for now, could you uh, let folks know where we can find your art on the internet and how we can connect with you on the social medias?
2: Yeah. um, I'm mostly on Twitter, and that's at uh, Cosmic Danger Zone, but without the E, in danger. Okay. And then I also have an art station, which is also just Cosmic Danger.
1: Oh, very cool. What's up, Danger? Danger. I love it. <laughs> very cool. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, uh, join me here at TFCon Toronto, and we'll see you at SideFest Northwest uh, later yes. uh, later in the
2: month. It's very exciting. I'm super excited. Thank you so much. All right. You're welcome.
1: All right. So why don't we start with, why in your own time, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself? All right. Cool.
4: Uh, well, my name is Renee, uh, Renee Sanchez. I'm originally from Antonio, Texas, and uh, my wife and I relocated up here about uh, going on four years ago. Uh, we bought a place out here in Graham, and um, uh, the first year we got here uh, is the first year we attended SideFest, mm-hmm. and um, uh, I've been going back ever since. That was uh, uh, my first year as an attendee. I hadn't uh, um,
1: um, moved up. To the uh, rank of vendor yet i didn't do that until the following year
3: mm-hmm.
1: awesome so yeah so so talk about that like what what uh what uh drew you to side fest uh which again will be happening uh this saturday uh july 27th at the kent commons community center what uh what drew you there to begin with
4: well i mean i've always been a a big transformers fan i started out uh Uh, watching a lot of anime when I was really young. Uh, One of the first shows that I really got turned on to was uh, Battle of the Planets, uh, which is uh, 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 known as Gachiman in in Mm -hmm. Japan, and uh, Science Team Gachiman. And uh, that's kind of the thing that kind of uh, started me off. um, And after that, I just kind of got into uh, anything Japanese, Japanese Japanese-related, Shogun Warriors, um, uh, Speed Racer, um, Godzilla. I'm I'm a huge Toho freak.
3: Oh, Um, cool.
4: Yeah, I mean, uh, I've been uh, collecting movies and memorabilia practically my entire life. I'm 45 now, Mm -hmm. and I started right around five years old.
1: Very cool. And, you know, quick uh, side tangent, you know, before, you know, we'll get to talking about uh, Transformers in a few here, but um, obviously I'm sure you saw the news coming out of San Diego Comic-Con that, uh, that the Russo brothers of, uh, you know, Marvel's Avengers fame will be uh, uh, producing and possibly directing a uh, Battle of the Planets uh, uh, feature. Do you see that?
4: Yeah, I saw a little bit on it. I didn't read the entire uh, article, but that kind of like piqued my interest i was like wow i mean i know a few years ago um tbs i think they were the original uh, holders of the copyright for the american distribution mm-hmm. of uh, battle of the planets and eagle riders and all that stuff they tried to do a couple of soft reboots but nothing came came of it so seeing the russo brothers attached to something like that that's going to be amazing
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's an incredible pedigree. I mean, I mean, and and basically they can, they can write their own check in Hollywood. They could do whatever they want. And I think it's really cool that they're uh, focusing on a a beloved, but also kind of obscure property, you know, like, you know, I was just
4: going to say that. Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, there's people, there's, there's quite a few people that are aware of it, but they don't really know a lot about it. Um, Recently, I think it was last year for Christmas, my mm-hmm. wife got me the uh, Gotchamon uh Blu-ray box set. Nice, and that thing is just oh, the the, the transfer on that is beautiful. Um, I suggest anybody who's even got an inkling to to learn about it pick that thing up.
1: Very cool. So let's uh. So let let's turn uh, uh, the topic back to uh, Transformers and uh, CybeFest Fest for just a minute here. Uh, so you uh, you mentioned earlier that you've uh, uh, when uh, you were first checking out CybeFest Fest Northwest, uh, you came into it as a fan and as a convention goer, but then um, eventually rose to the rank, you know, unlocked the achievement of uh, okay. becoming an, a vendor, and uh, you know, uh, uh, I. I, I I don't have it in front of me, but you, so your, your vendor, what, what's the name of your vendor table?
4: Oh, I go by the name of Atomic Mariachi Robot.
1: That's what it was. I, I knew it was something really cool, but I just, uh, happened to, didn't, I had too many tabs open. And I was like, oh, I don't have it in front of me, but, uh, um, so yeah, so <laughs> kind of talk about, uh, some of the stuff you have and, and what it's like, uh, uh being a, being a vendor at Fest. Oh, man. It, it uh, the,
4: the, when I started vending, um, here side fest was the first show that i i i got a table at um and i've been going for the last three years as a vendor and i've been it's one of those things it's the highlight for me for the entire season uh is, is that Sidefest show uh i've done a couple for the um uh fantasticon and uh what's the other one uh the greater seattle uh, toy show right but those are all great shows but my favorite the one that brought me into the fold is always gonna be Sidefest. Uh I'm always gonna have a love for that show, mainly because of my love of Transformers, my love of all things Japanese. Um but uh yeah, I'm always gonna be there. Uh if not as a vendor, I'm definitely gonna be there every year as a as a, a supporter and uh um, and just a just a general fan, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. it's a great place to go this year. They just announced, uh, well, I won't say just, but it's been part of the uh, uh, um, a feature for this year is uh, um, uh, David Kay, uh, the voice of Megatron yeah. from Beast Wars and Beast Machines, and uh, the dragon from... Uh, The Night Begins to Shine from the Teen Titans Go show. Oh, there you Uh, go.
1: Yeah.
4: I love that guy. I love his voice. Uh, I've been a big fan of David Case since, uh, well, since Beast Wars. Um, Sure. You know, uh, um, it's one of those things that it, it occurred during a time when we were having a serious Transformers drought. There really wasn't any. Real product until Beast Wars came back out, mm-hmm. and they kind of went back to the basics there as far as the engineering and the toys, and it was it was just an amazing time to be a fan of Transformers, and then to have this really great story to go along with the figures that were coming out at the time
1: yeah definitely and, and again that uh uh david Kay's performance in those media you know it, it's it's just so iconic all you got to do is hear a yes and it's yes. you know it's it's i mean it, it's just iconic <laughs> as i as iconic as any of the g1 stuff and it's uh yeah
4: you you could you you listen to like frank welker or um uh oh my god I, peter cullen uh, Peter Cullen, yeah, uh, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. I'm you there listen with you. to those voices; you know who they are. You right. know the characters. Same thing goes with David Kay. It's like um, one time I was reading an art book somewhere about character design, character development. When you see the silhouette, when you hear the voice, mm-hmm. and you know who the characters that they're attached to, then you know, then you've got something iconic. You've got something that's going to be around people are going to remember for the rest of their lives. And David Kaye is one of those voices. You'll never forget it. He's always going to be Beast Wars Megatron for a lot of people.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, uh, uh, springing off of that, uh, you, we were talking about uh, how this year's Sidefest is going to be bigger and better than than ever before. I mean, it's like I I went last year and and it was a cool show and you know uh, it was great getting to know um a lot of folks in the Pacific Northwest uh, uh Transformers collecting community. But this is like you know it it's it's a full blown convention. I mean, there's there wow. there there's panels, there's uh really great guests um i mean it's like everything is stepped up in such a big bad way so much so to where there's even so many activities where folks kind of have to kind of choose what they want to do you know kind of that same legislation we all do when we go to conventions and that's it's it's crazy exciting
4: yeah you know i, I remember last year and, and i remember the previous at, at least the last 3 years and this year is i mean i I I'm kind of blown away by by the the sheer sure power that's going behind this particular show. Uh and it it's only going to get better from here. At least I hope it does. Um but you know, uh I am thinking that this is probably going to be one of my last years as a vendor. Uh I got a real job, you know, got to be adult now.
1: <laughs> of course, of course. Uh,
4: but uh so that's kind of cutting into my uh Ability to, you know, get out there and, you know, look for deals and stuff for resale and things like that, but I'm always going to be going there, and to, to have been there before it got big and to see it grow, it's, it's a really special thing. It's, it's kind of like watching your kids grow up.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's a that's that's a really good uh, uh, analogy with that. And uh, so so let me ask you. And you know, we were kind of you know talking about uh, this being one of your uh, possibly your last uh, uh, turns at being a vendor. Um, what uh, what kind of stuff do you got on the table this year? What's uh, what's Atomic Mariachi Robot uh, got in store for uh, folks coming to Cyb looking for some uh, uh, really cool stuff?
4: Well, uh, I've got a lot of the uh, uh, current stock of um, uh, Siege, uh, War for Cybertron. i got quite a few pieces of that. Uh, I've got some uh, Combiner Wars and Power of the Primes. Um, what I think makes my table a little bit different, a little special, uh, I try to stock stuff that's uh, not necessarily specifically Transformers, but definitely has... The uh, um, um, that home, that Japanese feel to it. Yeah. Uh, like I said before, I'm a huge Godzilla fan. One of my uh, uh, priorities was trying to get more uh, vinyls, softy uh, uh, v- uh, action figures and toys out there, but it's getting really difficult nowadays to find that really quality uh, merchandise mm-hmm. to put up on the table for the resale market, uh, especially when I want to keep it. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, exactly, and I would imagine. See, because I, me personally, I'm still kind of like in the. I I haven't even gone full collector yet. It's like you know, it's like I I I kind of see pieces as they come to me, and I'm like, oh, okay, I'll pick that up. Oh, I like that. Yeah. So so I I haven't even gone full into that, and I think um, you know, so it so it's still kind of difficult for me to imagine going from like collector to vendor to where it's like you know you're you're fighting with yourself almost for like what goes into the personal collection versus what you flip and turn and sell and, you know, kind of keep the stock exciting for folks to, uh, uh you know, come to the table and, and wheel and deal and buy stuff as well. That's That's well, got to yeah, be. Yeah, that,
4: that was the big thing. Uh, and, and me and my wife had, d- had decided uh, when we first started doing it, hey, this is a really good way for me to thin out my collection, really <laughs> prioritize what I'm going to keep, because everything that i get some of it i kind of fall out of love with sure and uh i i I was just amassing this huge collection And a lot of it was just not going to be displayed or I wasn't going to do anything with. Mm -hmm. So we both decided, well, she does her collecting, too. She's got her own specific things. She loves My Little Pony, Snoopy, um, uh, uh, Game of Thrones, and stuff like that. So we decided we'd go through our own personal collections, curate it, and just kind of set... uh, separate the wheat from the chafe
3: <laughs> yeah, as it were, yeah. Yeah.
4: and uh, just really focus on what we wanted in our collections and then everything else was going to get go to resale. Well, you get to a certain point when you've almost sold everything you're going to get rid of out of your own personal stock and then have to dis- make a determination whether or not you're going to go full on and start getting, you know, uh, uh, local retail and, uh, you know, the domestic stuff, or, you know, are you going to go and start really getting some of that high end stuff? I don't like to carry a lot of the high end stuff only because price is a real big factor, especially yeah. when you're going to these shows. Uh, you've got a lot of people going in there. They've only got a certain amount of money that they're willing to spend. And they, a lot of people like to make a deal. Course. So I like to do a lot of secondhand stuff um, for that reason,
3: mm-hmm. uh,
4: and I, I've got tons of that stuff too. Um, and uh, it, it's kind of one of those things; it, it's a fine line because you don't want your table to end up looking like just your average garage sale or flea market. Sure, you know you really want to focus on what the show's offering and uh, make sure that. You're catering to that fan base because those are the people that are coming to the show. They expect a certain quality and they expect a certain uh, um, aesthetic when they go there.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that that makes sense, and you know, I I, I remember I I uh, came by your table last year when I, when I was at Cyb Fest uh, as I was breezing through, and I I think you nailed it because like you have a really good variety of uh, packaged brand new stuff, but also some like you know really cool, uh, you know like a maybe hard to find you know second hand type of stuff. It's a it's a very yeah, good and variety. Th-
4: there's always the third party, the yeah. uh, the uh, fourth party knockoffs. And you know, in knowing the difference of what you have and what you're trying to offer people, and then at the same time, trying not to you know throw sand in their eyes and you make them think they're buying something that you know you want to be forthcoming yeah. and make sure they know what you're selling, and you know it's all it's all about being above board and making sure that the the customer knows what they got, and. That's that's kind of – I feel I have a responsibility, especially when you're dealing with the third-party and fourth-party stuff. Right. Um, of making sure that you know, your customers that are coming to your table, they're giving you their hard-earned cash, they know exactly what they're buying from you. And there's some kids, you know, they'll come in and they'll, they'll look at this really expensive piece – I hesitate to try to sell that to them. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll talk to their parents or whatever, and I'll try to you know get them to understand that that not that may not necessarily be the best purchase for that particular person, given what we're doing there. You know, um, it, it's it's about you know doing right by them and you know just giving them a little information too.
1: Absolutely. Well, and that that's something that I've started to learn over uh, uh, the last few years. I, I'm I'm kind of like lapsed in uh, uh, Transformers collecting. It's like I've always, I, I've been a fan of the fiction. Like, you know, I, I go back with the comic books all the way to the Dreamwave era. So it's like, yeah. you know, I followed it f- through Dreamwave and all through IDW, but I... I um, Never really, I I dropped out with the toys. So they, I would see them kind of like in Fred Meyer when I would go, and I'd be like, oh, those are kind of cool, but I never really uh, got into it and third party was something that i had zero awareness about up until like 3 years ago and i was like oh there's like this entire arm of um adult high end premium collecting that i had no idea about and then yeah you like you said you get into like you know fourth party and kōs and and it's it, it's it it's hard sometimes i think to kind of steer kids the right direction because yeah. you know a lot of those third party figures it's it's meant to be a premium adult collectible. So like, you know, uh those swords can be really sharp. And you know, yeah. there's there's a lot of stuff that's that's you know, not to put too fine a point on it, not really safe uh uh for yeah. kids. And to say nothing about you know KOs, because you know, a lot of that stuff uh you know probably comes from China, it's maybe rotten with lead paint or whatever, but <laughs> um, but but a lot of those, it's like, you know, um uh and, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but I think like a lot of like you know ko's especially like masterpiece ko's they're kind of made more for like this is your display version you know it's like you yeah. know you put it in robot mode you set it on a shelf and you never touch it ever again because if you go to transform it it's probably gonna shatter uh if you, oh, if you try yeah, to play totally,
4: with it. totally um i have two uh um Kl masterpiece side Swipes for that reason
3: mm-hmm.
4: uh you know i, I like this i side one of my favorite g1 characters um i loved him the red red lambo but i also loved him in bot mode so mm-hmm. to i i, I want to have him in a specific display situation which means having him in car mode having him in bot mode and being you know I, i'm cool with it i'm not going to transform him I pose him, you know. I'll do my photography with him, yeah. and then I'm happy. I'll put him away when I when I get that itch again. I'll pull him out and I'll, I'll take some more pictures. Um, and, and that's kind of what you need to do because uh, some of these, like you said, these these uh, fourth party KOs uh, and such are the quality isn't there, right? And you know, it it, it is a uh, more affordable alternative. Uh, but at the same time, you get what you pay for.
1: Exactly.
4: So if, if you're not aware of, of you know the kind of product that you're getting, a lot of times you're going to be really disappointed. Uh, and I really tried to educate myself on the kind of third-party pieces I'm getting uh, for resale, the kind of KOs, because there is a market out there for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm one of the guys that buys KOs because – I can't afford a $2,000 mitten box G1 Optimus Prime. Right. You know, Um, I'm perfectly happy with having a a really good-looking Chinese KO of that same figure. It's on my shelf, and it it gives me the same feeling I had when I was 10 years old, and I got that figure
1: exactly I, I I know exactly you know. what you mean and yeah some of those uh knockoffs are you know reasonable enough facsimiles and you know th- this is kind of like a different thing but I, I I I dig on crazy knockoffs the ones where they, they're like you know yellow constructicons that you know <laughs> or, or, yeah. or things like that um, yeah. I, I I like the really obscure ones that that are that are just bonkers um so uh so with that we were kind of talking talking about, uh, you know, certain things that we have and collect. Uh, there is a collector spotlight of you as uh, Magnus Von Braun uh, out there on the Cybefest uh, Northwest uh, uh, Facebook page. And um, I was wondering if you want to talk about your uh, collection at all, because I, you know, just in, in the photo that's up, there's a there's a great many pieces in there. I was wondering if you want to call out anything uh, specific that's, uh, that's especially uh, special.
4: Uh- Oh man, that's a good question. And it's, I I don't really, honestly, I don't know that I have an answer for it. Um, I will say every piece that I get when I get it is my new favorite piece. Oh, that's cool. Um, (laughs) And and it's like that for a few days. I'll take my, my pictures. Um, I've got literally thousands of photographs of pictures on my Facebook page and in my Instagram uh, of stuff that I just take all the time. Mm-hmm. It's not just Transformers. I'm a really big uh, collector of three and three quarter inch action figures, you nice. know, like your classic Star Wars, um, uh, your X Men lines, um, what else? Joe, uh, you- um, and then anything really, really obscure. Um, like um my, my original three and three quarter Battlestar galactica my mm-hmm. black hole vincent figure um uh, i'm huge into robots, so uh i've got literally 75 astromech droids from star wars
1: oh my gosh that's awesome and then yeah. uh, and then i also saw you've got a whole bunch of uh microman that that you put up on your on your page also
4: yeah. Uh, oh, I just recently got into Microman. I've always known about it. I've always had an awareness mm-hmm. of it. It isn't until recently that I really started getting into collecting. Um, I did have two pieces when I was really young. I had an original Mego Biotron and Amigo, um, uh Battle Station. Uh, and... I don't know whatever came of those. I know they they're lost to the winds of my youth. Uh <laughs> but um, the uh I did recently uh, uh last year pick up a reissue of Robot Man which is basically Biotron. Okay. and uh it, it's one of the um uh crowning uh achievements of my collection. Uh, I have since started troop-building Biotrons. I have about five Junkers that I put together. Uh, so <laughs> That's awesome. I've I be, I be, I become fairly obsessed with my micro collection uh to tell you <laughs> yeah.
1: that's that's really cool that's really cool i'm excited to hear that because i i know a lot of folks out there uh you know are super into uh microman which you know is basically like a, a cousin of micro change you know which obviously yeah. was kind of like you know a a uh, um uh, before Transformers, Transformers, you know, along with, uh, with the Diaclone. Um, yeah,
4: Diaclone and Micro Change. I mean, they did a whole episode on it, on uh, uh, the Toys That Made Us, yep. which is an excellent show, by the way. It, it um, is.
1: It's really great. It's very, very um, cool.
4: But, uh, you know, I love the connection. And for me, that is 90% of the love of Micro from Transformers, because to me, it's part of the same family. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. uh, it's very interplayable and it, it's just, it's so, it, it feels special when I have my G1 blaster and Perceptor with my, uh, uh some of my micro figures because they belong together. That—that That is the scale they're supposed to be. Yeah. And it, it's real, it's really interesting just to see them and to see how Perceptor has a third, uh, secret, uh, mode that we didn't know about here in the States. He's got little treads on him yep. uh, that make him look like a tank. You, you transform him and he can fit a microman into, uh, uh, into him to make him uh, a pilot
1: because yeah, like his chest flips down, and when you transform him it's kind of like a cockpit you know kind of yep. kind of similar to like uh the Dinobots and the execticons, where you know those little compartments was you know uh not where to put your contraband it was to put a little uh uh microman figure in there there was yeah, uh, that's actually,
4: that's from the Diaclone line
1: exactly, which are the
4: small uh little uh, barely one inch figures mm-hmm. uh so you know micro change and diaclone i mean it, it's it's So interwoven with the entire mythos of Transformers, Mm -hmm. uh, you can't have them with, you know, one without the other, in my opinion.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And I think that's what makes uh, the history of the Transformers so interesting is that, you know, it was all of these different uh, toy lines that Hasbro just happened to license from Japan, cobbled them all together. Uh, and you know, went to the Marvel Comics folks and they were like, uh, can you, like, make a fiction out of all this? And, yeah, it's... it's
4: Bob Budiansky. Absolutely. The, he was a genius. He he really... He, he... He's responsible for my love of Transformers. Mm -hmm. Uh, I am a huge G1 uh, Marvel Comics fan. That that comic book, uh, I had a subscription from issue 6 all the way to issue 80. And I still have, uh, I was missing maybe 10 issues, which over the uh, course of the last couple of years, I have completed. And I have a complete run, almost, I would probably say 90% of that run are the original books that I had on subscription mm-hmm. when I subscribed directly to Marvel.
1: That's, wow, That that is really cool. And, you know, some of those uh, late run books were kind of hard to find because, you know, the book was kind of on its way out. So print oh, yeah, runs totally. were pretty low. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, issue 80 in particular is pretty really tough to find at a decent price. It's a, that's an expensive book.
4: Yeah. I think that one I have actually two copies of.
1: Sweet. Very cool. Um, so, uh, so moving on there, there were uh, a couple other things I wanted to, uh, wanted to ask you about before, uh, before we close out here. And, uh, obviously you can check out, uh, Magnus von Braun at his atomic mariachi robot table at Cybefest Northwest. Again, that is this Saturday, uh, July 27th at the Kent commons community center doors open for general admission at 11. And if you had the opportunity to pre-register, uh, you can get in at 10 and and again tons of uh cool activities uh CybefestnW.com is the website so uh the the full schedule has been printed including when uh when you can see uh Scott and his bumblebee car and all the panels and all of the other uh cool stuff it's going to be an incredible show uh but uh um i so i wanted to ask you uh, kind of switching gears a little bit when um uh like i had mentioned i had buzzed uh, a buzz by the atomic mariachi table uh at sidefest uh last year and one of the things that that really uh kind of burned it into my memory is you had uh you had a little portable DVD player and you were you were showing transformers the movie on a loop <laughs> and I uh I, I I for one because I mean anybody that knows me knows that transformers the movie is my jam so much so to where I'm gonna be doing a, uh, a transformers the movie panel to uh, close outside fest uh but yeah that, that that just that just brought a real smile to my face and and there was a couple times where I had to tell myself Okay, well, I need to move on, because I caught myself just watching the movie.
4: <laughs> oh, man, you know what? I feel real bad, because uh, one of our fellow vendors, uh, I'm going to give a shout-out to uh, Mahalo Mike. Uh, I love the guy. I yeah. love him to death, and I, I had that uh, movie on, on a loop yep. all day. Uh, and he made mention that, uh, uh, I, I forced it, cause he was sitting right across from, right. from us at the show. So he would see every, uh, hour, uh, every hour and a half,
1: he'd see Optimus Prime die. Oh man. Well, and, <laughs> and it's a short movie too. So that happens a lot. <laughs>
3: I know.
4: And, And, you know, he didn't mention anything until, you know, afterwards on Facebook. He made a little joke about it. And I feel, oh man, I I I really, I'm gonna really have to change it up this year. <laughs> I haven't quite decided what I'm gonna play. Uh, I may end up bringing one of my uh, um, Japanese box sets, like Headmasters or Victory, and just put put that one on and see how it goes.
1: That would be a lot of fun because there's there's a whole lot of folks that haven't seen a lot of that material. Um, So, yeah, that would be a cool choice. I'm
4: thinking, uh, what do you think? Headmasters, Victory, or what was
1: the other one? Um, Zone? Master Force? Oh, yeah, yeah, the Super God Master Force. Super Um, God Master Force. Me personally, if you're looking for my advice, I would go Headmasters because that's that's still G1 flavored. You know, it's like you've got, you know, uh, the mostly season three cast uh, uh, still running around and then kind of, after that, when we go into uh, Super God, Master Force, and and obviously a, a victory, and then later Zone, um, it, yeah. it gets it, it it turns into just straight on anime, and it's yeah. uh, it gets really crazy. It's it's great. It's really cool stuff. But yeah, it's it'd be one of those things where it would get people to kind of turn their heads. It's like, wait a minute, that's what the heck? That's that's Rodimus Prime. But I I've I've never seen this episode. What is this? So yeah. So, yeah. And there's so much story that happens in Headmasters. Uh, I'm not going to give any
4: spoilers, but uh, I mean, it it can get really intense in, in, in that particular
0: series.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's, uh, it, it is. And again, that that's why I like it. And, you know, maybe one of these days we'll get a, we'll get a decent, uh, sub or at least a decent dub, um, of, uh, of those. But, um, yeah, fingers crossed. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. But, uh, so, so, uh, changing topics just a little bit before, uh, uh, before we wrap up here. Um, one of the one of the things that I noticed when I was uh, uh, connecting with you on social media after uh, SideFest Northwest is you uh, uh, you're really into music and, and specifically metal. You were doing something. I, I forget what it was off the top of my head, uh, but you, you were hosting like a, a metal show on on like uh, Internet radio. And I was wondering if. Oh, uh,
3: man,
4: that was last year. I totally yeah. forgot about that. That was on uh, Gimme Radio. Um, I was doing a, uh, a one-shot um, progressive uh, symphonic metal show. Yeah. Uh, basically, they wanted to test the waters and, and see how well it went over. Um, I got a, a really big response, but I don't know that uh, enough people responded well to it that they wanted to make it a, a, a regular feature on that uh, radio show uh it's a really great uh internet radio it's free mm-hmm. uh and uh I, i've been a member of gimme radio for i want to say year and a half almost two years now
1: oh very cool um so yeah i was just wondering if you want to uh pop any of that open is there you know particular music that that you're passionate about or influences you anything uh, anything you want to shout out on that side
4: Well, you know, uh, I love uh, almost any kind of music. Uh, There's very few genres that uh, I'm not really uh, um, averse to. Uh, Rap is kind of my kryptonite. I don't really groove on rap too much. But, uh, you know, I grew up in San Antonio, Texas, and um, there's a big underground scene there or there was when I, when, when I was very young I grew up with listening to uh, uh, radio personalities like uh, Joe Anthony the um, uh, Lyle and Han um, these were all uh, uh, Debbie Alcacer the electric lady yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, if it wasn't for that cat we wouldn't necessarily have gotten the exposure of the new wave of British metal at the right. time um, so metal for me is where it's at. That's what I've been listening to pretty much my whole life. And Mm -hmm. it cradled a grave for me
1: awesome very cool so uh this this has been an absolute pleasure uh you know kind of getting to know you a little better and uh hearing about uh the cool festivities that'll be happening at uh side fest this saturday and of course the uh atomic mariachi uh robot table uh where uh where this this might be your last run so you know if you want to if you want to get uh you know some really cool stuff uh you definitely gotta make it to the uh kent commons community center um on Saturday and before we part ways for now uh, could you let folks know where they can connect with you on the internets and the social medias and anything else that uh, that you would like to uh, shout out and anything you'd like to promote
4: oh sure um, uh, check me out at Magnus Von Braun at uh, Facebook and uh, on Instagram Magnus Von Braun 666
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's so metal i love it and actually let me I, I apologize for for interrupting but um uh where where does that where does the name come from magnus von braun because that's you know well
4: um actually it goes back to my love of science and rocketry uh have you ever heard of the man named uh werner von braun
1: yes but i can't tell you what his claim to fame was it's like it's like the he, name sounds familiar he was an
4: Axis power scientist who defected to the United States. Oh. And it, he was the one responsible for the V2 rocketry science that was going on at the time. Without that man, uh, NASA wouldn't necessarily exist in the form we know it today. Wow. Um, his full name, I believe, was Werner Magnus von Braun. Ah. And, um... there's a lot of history there um especially for people who are really interested in science um when we went over there during world war ii when we got him and a whole cadre of uh um access power scientists we brought them over to the united states and they became part of our uh think tank uh science divisions here in the states and um uh, there, there's a lot of interesting stories behind that. Um, as far as the science goes, he's kind of the godfather of modern rocketry, as we know it. Um, and with, without his influence and, and research, we wouldn't necessarily be where we are today uh, as far as the technology goes.
1: That's really cool. Very amazing history. I, I didn't know any of that. That's really cool. I, I appreciate you, Sharon. Um, oh, no,
4: you, you know, I, I always encourage people to educate themselves. You know, that's what the, you know. One of the things we we fail to forget, uh, the internet is vast and there's tons of resources there. Uh, we just gotta you know mine it and use
1: it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Educate yourself. I I really appreciate that message. Well, uh, again, this is this has been an absolute blast. Uh, you know, really, really enjoyed getting to know you and hearing all about all of the cool stuff and things. And uh before I let you go, um any uh any parting thoughts you'd like to to throw out there?
4: Uh the only thing I'll I'll say is this, uh, I can't wait for Saturday to come around you all come by see my table uh, mm-hmm. atomic mariachi roll and I can't wait to see everybody there
1: very cool yeah it's 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 gonna be so great it's gonna be really really cool I cannot wait for Saturday I agree with you well uh, uh, thank you so much for taking the time to jump on uh, the podcast with me and we will see you on Saturday all right Mike thank you you're welcome have a great night and we'll uh, we'll talk to you, you later too,
0: brother. You've heard what Mike thinks. Now tell him what you think on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Mike Cyber Radio.
1: It's a, it's a, it's a great day to be talking to folks about sidefest I, I just got off with uh with Magnus von Braun and we're uh yeah so yeah, it's just it's just really exciting uh getting all hyped up for uh for Cybefest happening this Saturday.
5: Oh yes, I'm I'm ready for it and we're- can't wait to get it all started. Excellent.
1: Well, um, so as uh, as we go, uh, why don't you go ahead and start off by introducing yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay. Um, my name is Michael Robinson. I am known it when I do the selling
5: at side fest. I'm known as Ma- I run a little business called Mahalo Mike's Blind Bag Bonanza. Basic premise of this of the idea is I take bag I take figures that I have in my collection that I just for one reason or another, don't see in my want to be in my collection anymore and I blind bag them for an extraordinarily low price and let people randomly pick. They could be worth the price that they paid or usually usually a lot more. Um, I am been a collector of what I call big freaking robots because I don't collect just transformers. Okay, <clears throat> I, um, I I got old-school Godaken and Chogokin figures. Um, I have Iron Giant figures because, let's be honest, Iron Giant's one of the best films ever made. Absolutely. Um, Gobots, Macross, um, Big Guy and Rescue the Boy Robot, and, of course, Gundam. Um, it's always been something I've ever liked ever since when I was first was first little kid and saw the, what's um, as- known in America as the Ambassador Gold, or not America, Battle of the Pl- not Battle of the Pl- um, it's known in Japan as Ambassador Magma, but it was a live action giant robot movie where the family of robots turned into rocket ships. Oh and it okay. went from there Yeah. I then from there I went to a show called Force Five, which was like a couple of different Japanese giant robot film um, anime series recut and redubbed for American audiences. It's it's one of those things where it's like if you look at it today and you don't know about the history of it, it just makes you very cringy. But I grew up on it, so it's like a, oh, it's a soft spot in my heart. But I, as I said, it's something I've always liked. I like the idea of robots, especially ones that can change shape, because it's like what they what someone once said on a commercial. It's like you get two toys in one. Yeah. And I've always just been, I've always been fascinated by how well an engineered a figure is. So that that's the and I I currently. Um, I have a study filled with figures, although not as filled right now as it has been in the past. <laughs> and I work on the railroad and generally try to do my best
1: to be a good person and be good to others as well. Very cool. Well well I honestly Mike, I, I'm really excited to talk to you because like like you and I have had like a, a couple different uh, connections here and there but haven't really had the opportunity to like actually like hang out and get to know each other and 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 you know just chat um i i remember famously i, I ran into you at uh tfcon la um i think you were just coming out of the pool and i was on my way to a panel and i was like oh hey good to see you okay bye i gotta go i'll, I'll find you later <laughs> never did <laughs> it was a it was a big con
5: <laughs> oh yeah it happens it's You know, I just I was glad we were able to at least say hi to each other. And I just I I my big thing is I like to meet other people that are enthusiastic about it and just see what they like and just get to pick their brains and let them pick mine if they need to. Absolutely. Although it's not much fun to pick in my, but <laughs> it's, it's not the biggest of things.
1: Oh. <laughs> well, let's uh, so so a couple things I want to talk about uh, with you here. So um, obviously you're going to be a uh, exhibitor vendor at uh, SideFest Northwest again. That's uh that's this Saturday, uh, the twenty seventh, and um you know it's it's the return of Mahalo Mike's a uh, big blind bag uh, bonanza, and how. Um, how long have you been uh, a vendor at Sidefest? This is
5: now my second year, and because of the fact that I've pretty much have decimated my collection to, to the very best, what I consider my very favorites, probably will be my last one for some time. Mm-hmm. Well, and I— And i oh, anyway. Indeed. Well, uh,
1: yeah, sorry, I, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just—well, uh, I was going to say it's like I, I remembered even after last year because, I mean— uh, uh mahalo mike's blind bag bonanza was a huge hit at CybeFest last year and I guess i hadn't realized that that was your your first year of doing it because it was just you know it was just a lot of fun at your table there and i had remembered you saying it's like well you know I i went through pretty much all of my stuff so yeah I guess uh you know maybe maybe this is the end of mahalo Mike and then like you know like like a phoenix from the ashes uh you started posting on and off a couple months ago about like well hey you know I I found some stuff we're doing the bags and and much to the delight of you know the the Pacific Northwest uh, Transformers fan community.
5: Yeah, well I, I want to be quite honest. a part of the reason why I decided to actually do it this year was because you kind of put the idea back in me and say, hey, why don't you try again? I mean, it was great, it was fun, and be told, it is fun. I I don't go into this like a lot of other sellers. I like. It's more about the experience, for sure. I, 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 if I wanted to, I could probably sell almost everything I got for, for, and that I sell at the convention for mm-hmm. a lot more. But I don't because it's more. I want to promote why I love this stuff, and I want to, and I want people to enjoy themselves. I want people to have fun. I don't want them to think of this as an investment. I want them to think of something that they can have and play with if they want. They, they can display if they want. And enjoy themselves with it. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's something you don't see very often anymore. Because everybody's like, oh, it's all about the money. And it's like, yeah, I can get, I get that. But I'm more about just, I want people to have fun.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think sometimes as as collectors, we forget that this is a hobby. And hobbies are supposed to be fun.
5: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's all these people. I mean, I'm sure you've seen it on different groups sure. and different get-togethers. One thing people get all mad about is if there's a re-release, all of a sudden, all oh, their collection's worth nothing. And it's like, I never went into this thinking that it was an investment. I have friends of mine that freak out, I kid you not, when I open things up and pull them out. I'm one of those types. I have sure. to, in general, pull pull the item out and play with it. There's some items I don't pull out, and it's not because I'm trying to save them for later. It's just I didn't have room for them at the time. But I wanted to make sure I got them because they were something I liked. And that's what it's about. It's about Mm -hmm. enjoying It's I have more than just toy figures. I have statues. I have stuff like that. It's about the enjoyment of the items. And, yeah, it's fun and dandy to enjoy it all by yourself, but sometimes you need to share it. And sometimes you need to let others enjoy that as well. And that's that's where this all came from.
1: Yeah, I mean, because I like I, I remember um, a story you had shared, uh, you know, coming out of last year's show, and I, I I don't remember what the figure was, but it was something where it was like you know it was like a a, a younger person they got a blind bag and they got like like a like a super valuable third party figure, and it like turned out to be like their first third party figure. And yeah, yeah
5: I, I can't remember what figure it was, but yeah, it, and it's stuff like that, and that's actually one of the things I've, I'm going to try to implement more this year. Is one of the things I want to do is I'm going to ask people if they want to if I would, I would I'm going to ask if they want to open it up at the table mm-hmm. and if they really like it and stuff. Hey, maybe can I take a picture and I can share it with the people in several different groups up and just show people having fun with this.
1: Yeah, it, well, and, it, and it's like you hit on it. You know, it's it's the joy of collecting and it's yeah. it, and it's the fun of collecting. You know, that's and 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 what I like especially is I mean I. I mean, I like stuff. But I think I, I prefer my stuff with a story. So like, like for example, you know, it's like in, in other episodes of my podcast, I've talked about one of the best Christmas presents I ever got was I got Fortress Maximus for for Christmas in 1987. Um, I thought the box was a Nintendo. I opened it up, turned out it was Fort Max, <laughs> and still is one of my, you know, uh, that, and, and it's because of that memory attached to it. And what I like about uh, Mahalo Mike's blind bag bonanza is that you get that story and that you're you're sharing. It. It's like, hey, I got this uh, this third party huffer that, you know, I never knew I wanted. But, man, this is a really cool figure. And I got it out of uh, out of a blind bag at at Sibfest, And just, you know, just kind of just having that having that cool story is is just a lot of fun.
5: Yeah, and I and I and I also will bore people with the s- droning stories of the- actually where <laughs> most of the figures I got came from. Right, and if there's a little bit of a story reason why I don't have it or why I'm not keeping it, I'll let them know if they are interested. Mm-hmm. And you know, sometimes I actually succeed in entertaining them.
1: <laughs> I, I gotta tell you, Mike, I, I love your sense of humor. It's it's very droll and uh, you know and and dry wit too. I, I just I, I just love talking to you and it's it's very similar to our interactions on uh, on social media too. It's just uh I, I, I just I love you, man. That you're awesome. Uh, well, thank you. I, I try to I try to you know, I'm I've tried
5: very hard to just bring something a little bit better to the world. Yeah, and it sounds so hokey, but the fact of the matter is I'm one of those You know, it's a little tangent, if I may. Sure. I'm one of those that grew up with Mr. Rogers, Jim Henson, and all that. Yeah. And I, that, and J.P. Patches. And, you know, and those people formed who I am at my core. You know, I try try not to be a malicious person. I try to be very open to everybody. And I believe that you should try to be good to help others be good.
3: Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm.
5: It it sounds hokey, it, it sounds silly, but the fact of the matter is, that's what I believe.
1: Yeah, I, and as as I said, I mean that that's that's as noble as it is sweet, and I think I I think we need more of that in this world. I mean, especially the way things are today, you know. Um, I uh, you know I just uh, I think it was just this morning I I watched the uh, trailer for the the Tom Hanks uh, Mr. Rogers movie. The uh, um, uh, I forget what the title of it is, but yeah, it's just like they. The, the theater owners have got to like hang uh, hand out boxes of uh, uh, tissues uh, Kleenex when uh, when when people go to see that movie because there's not going to be a dry eye in the house that uh, I, I was yeah. getting choked up just watching it.
5: Yeah, I'm going to be quite honest. This is going to be on my list of movies. I really can't watch it with anybody else unless I really really trust them or care about them.
1: Sure. Yeah, because <laughs> and,
5: yeah. It, it looks amazing. And I just, I saw, that that's kind of, I've been thinking about that. And as I said, I've been, re. there's a show, a series on YouTube that was talking about the history of Jim Henson. Yeah. And I really did not want to watch the last episode because I knew it was coming. I was, I'm old. I actually remember being in high school right before I graduated. It was actually about a month before I graduated when I heard the news. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And... It was weird because all these. It was, you know, you're a teenager. You're a teenager. You're a senior. Most people in the class that actually heard about it, they got peered up mm-hmm. because you know you try to be as cool as you can, but you hear something like that. Someone that touched your life that way, you can't help it. Right. Yeah. I'm sorry for being modeling about that for a second.
1: <laughs> no, no, and 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 I appreciate you bringing that up because I I see you posting about. Um, about Jim Henson and about the uh uh the documentary uh, quite often so and, and that's and, and that's another one of those folks that you know the 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 world is just uh just a a little less happy now with uh, a little less bright with uh without folks like that in the world um so let's uh so let's let's kind of flip on the air a little bit and and talk about okay. uh stuff that will make folks happy and and uh so there's a um, uh there there's two different styles of blind bags that uh that Mahalo Mike will have at the table. Uh do you uh um you want to talk about the the two different levels and and maybe kind of talk about the uh without spoiling anything maybe like some of the type of stuff uh that that folks might uh encounter if they if they take the blind bag challenge.
5: Yes, I can I will gladly do that. There is much like i did last year the opening the the lower level bag not quality but price is there will be five dollar bags and those are mainly for the most part chug size figures but there are several that are a little bit larger than that um most of those in general run between generation one up to the current run of transformers um, hasbro lines but there are a few third-party figures and there are part there are a few surprises in there that i've tried to do as i said I, I, in general, with with my bags, I try not to, they may not have all their accessories, 100%. Sure. I I tend to be notoriously bad for losing missiles. (laughs) But one of the things I'm actually doing with this is I actually have been digging around, finding all my spare weapons and stuff that I don't have any figures that I know attached to them. And I'm bringing them, and if people see a a missile that they need for a blind bag, or if they just see a missile they need for a figure that they have, feel free to grab it. You know, I'm, it's not doing anything other than gathering dust in my drawer, so mm-hmm. I might as well share it. And um, so that's what the $30 bag, or the $5 bag. Mm-hmm. The other size bag I'm having is a $30 bag, and this was became something out of necessity. Okay. Because I realized I had two options. I could put everything as a $5 bag, limit what I was going to put out there, and there are some things, our figure sets, that really probably should not be broken up. Mm. i I that may be a hint mm-hmm. at what you may find. Right. Um. And so I figured, okay, if I'm going to do that, if i I was going to originally, I was, I'll be honest, I was thinking maybe fifty dollars. But then I'm like, going, sure. okay, that ruins what I was trying for. And plus, the fact of the matter is, if I if I sell them for fifty, and nobody buys them. No, nothing's done. Nothing changed. So I put them at thirty dollars, which I feel is a good, nice, low price, and enough for people to take a chance, but enough money to make it feel like it's worthwhile. Right, and in there, you will there will be um, a lot. There will be bigger figures, obviously, because the size of the bags are about the size of grocery bags compared to sandwich bags
3: mm-hmm.
5: or lunch bags. And um, as I said, there is going to be a lot more variety in there. There will be some bags that will have, um, as I said, third parties, a very common thing. Um, again, G1 figures, some figures that are in boxes, because as I said, some figures I just wasn't able to get out of the boxes. And there's, a, as I said, a large variety. Some of them are worth more than others, which um, that's part of what makes it. Because you might get a figure that's worth about $40 or something from a $30 bag. You may get a figure that's worth possibly over 100 Wow. It's, it's just... Oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not giving away anything with that, by the way, but you may want to, again, draw your own conclusions. <laughs> um, I, and here's the one, with the one rule I do have that will be enforced is you can look at the bags, but you can't pick up the bags okay. before you purchase. And the reason why I did that, la- and last year what I did was I, I padded the bags to make everything look the same. Right. Because a lot of people equate weight with how much, a, uh, how much a figure's value is to them. Sure. And and I, this year, I decided to go the opposite and not add any padding whatsoever. So there will be some bags that are really big, full-looking, and they may be with, like I say, an Ener- a Transformers Energon figure or something, for example, because they usually had big figures. Mm-hmm. Or it could be a bag that looks like it doesn't have anything in it, and it could be, say, something from a random choice, something from the Transformers Collector's Club.
3: Whoa. Which, if you've
5: ever if you've ever followed that, you know, those are very hard to find, but they don't, they aren't usually that big. But again, as I said, random choices. Um, and I just wanted, I just wanted to give people that chance. It's like, and, and as I said, okay, one of the things I'm also implementing and I did it last year, but yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to make sure I tell people is that if you don't like what you pick, you can either get a reef back, get your money back, and I'll put it back in a bag and put it back out there. Or you can pick again. Okay. Because it, ultimately, it's not me making a sale. as it is, I want you to have something you may enjoy. Yeah. And, and I know there's going to be some figures that people may like and some people won't. A, a perfect example is um, when I, one of the things I'm also implementing this year, I kind of started it last year, but I figured I'm going to do it proper this year, mm-hmm. is what I call the blue light specials. Based on the old Kmart um, ad, back way back when Kmart was around,
1: the blue light special. Mm -hmm.
5: Yes, and it's going to be basically a figure that's going to be out, and it's at a price that I that is not one of the bag prices for its own reasons. Mm -hmm. And um, there's some figures that I know people are really excited over seeing, and there's ones that are a little bit more obscure, like again going back to the TFs Transformer Collectors Club. I have one of the last two sets they made, which was a combiner called Thunder Mayhem.
1: Right.
5: And he's also, he is one of the, that figure is one of the two hardest combiner sets made by Hasbro to get. And the fact is, I'm not going to be heartbroken if nobody buys it, but I'm sure people put it more proudly on display that know what it is and want it. But there's going to be Joe Bowe, the average person's going to steal. I'm saying, why would I want that? And right. that's what I'm trying to, that's what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to, Cater. I'm trying to show let people pick what they choose. Ultimately, what they want, but it's all from my very taste. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm one of those people that doesn't collect a specific size or a specific line. There's very few lines. I are there's very few lines of figures I don't get or I don't collect. I mean, I'm not a big fan of Beast Wars just because okay. I've always been more of a truck, not monkey type of guy. Um, <laughs> But you know, I just there's figures I do have of Beast Wars or Beast Machines mm-hmm. that I do like, and it's like when I even with all the the G1 esque figures, I don't collect every figure. I don't need to be a completionist. For example, I happen to prefer Skywarp and Thrust over all the other Seekers. Okay, there's ones I'll collect some of, but it's like you know, for example, I don't like really like Dirge or Ramjet mm-hmm. or or Thundercrack. As much, and there's people that really like it. So if I have, if I put some of those in there in my in my bags, someone's going to find that and think it's the greatest thing in the world.
1: Right. Well, and it's interesting because that's what it is. Yeah. Well, and and we we all in our in our various collections, you know, we all suffer from (laughs) shifting tastes. You know, it's like I, I used to be super into this but now I'm not. Um I I'm kind of finding a little bit of that uh with myself being on the opposite end. Like I've uh, I I've recently gotten into collecting uh alternators from uh you know like the the early 2000s and um they they're kind of like the this kind of sort of like forgotten line of, you know, the these licensed vehicle toys that You know, really, I I had a really great conversation uh, with some folks at uh, TFCon Toronto, um, who I uh, bought a couple off of, and we were just grooving on it, saying, like, well, wait a sec, without the the engineering and official licensing uh for alternators you don't get to masterpiece you know it's like it's kind of like a necessary step but yet the line because of you know i mean the character choice was really weird and and the design aesthetic is really strange i mean i mean they're weird little figures but what i've discovered is that i I really like them. I've got like like a serious affection for them, with you know like the you know rubber tires and and again the the official licensing. Which was one of the things that really drew me to, um, you know, Transformers to begin with. It's like I liked that the robots looked like cars, you know, you could see all like the car bits on them and, and you know, like, you know, doors that flipped out into wings. And I just, I, that's, that's the design aesthetic I've always appreciated about Transformers. And, and, uh, I, I don't, I don't remember how I got there. I was just, I, oh, uh, shifting interests, you know, it's like, so a lot of folks have kind of like, um, you know, a lot of folks have alternators that are kind of sitting there in their collection collecting dust. And I'm just like, oh, I'll, I'll take those off of you at a, at a good price. So it, it's the, the, there, there's a weird uh, recycling nature to uh, to toy collecting. You know, it's like stuff that you've gotten tired of is probably something that, you know, maybe like a new collector or, you know, a collector looking for something different is 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 their jam something they're into
5: exactly and before i can say what i was going to say off that i have to say one of my favorite figures is my alternator helm.
1: yes he... that
5: thing, that figure is amazing and yeah i mean i know that i got the, i know they got the masterpiece figures out but he is still the high bar i set for that big that character
1: yeah absolutely well and and my favorite thing about him is that he's got um he's got uh seats for feet he's he's got like Dr. Shoal's uh, insoles. <laughs> you know, he's he's got he's got padded <laughs> shoes. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, Alternator's hounds has has some really good orthotics going on, but but yeah, it was yeah. like it was
5: And, and, and the thing that's
1: cool what's cool about the Alternators
5: is they weren't all
1: winners, let's be honest. Oh um, yeah, there's some turds in that line.
5: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I because of the fact I like the car and I like the figure, I have the wheel jack. Mm. Let's be honest, it's not the best of figures. But I, it's still because Wheeljack was one of the first ever G1 figures I ever had. In fact, he was the first one I ever bought. Oh, cool. Yeah, I actually have a little, one of my little displays I have in my living room. Yeah, it's not too geeky. Is <laughs> I have a, 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 uh, basically a masterpiece, a Combiner Wars, and a uh, Generation 1 version figure of Blue Streak, who was my first ever transformer I ever saw and nice. played with. Um, wheeljack who was my first ever the first ever figure i bought and then mirage who was the second ever figure i bought
0: that's cool
5: and they're just they're just a little display and people take it like, oh that's kind of cool why'd you do it this way and i'll tell them they're like oh, that's actually kind of a cool idea yeah So, well, but no you were right about how one person's a per, you may grow out of an item and a person may it may inspire someone else and it's like one of the things i have is i have a couple friends who have little kids and one of the things I do is I have figures that are not really overtly complex of that. I give them to them, and they love them. Yeah. And and it just, it's like, I love the fact to get to see how happy they are and excited that he's got these little robot figures. And they're just like, it's the greatest thing ever. It's like, that's it. That's the idea.
1: Yeah. Exactly. I mean, it, these are toys. They should be fun. <laughs>
5: Even- yeah, it's like. It's not like these bad cube figures, except I do own two um, <laughs> that are just like they're they're frustrated, exercises and frustration. I want fun. I want enjoyable. Yeah. You know, I, was, I remember the big brouhaha about the open and play Springer figure that came out that they did. And people are going, oh, it's just a it's this cube. It's it's not that good. You know, it's not the best Maybe to say compared to a fan toy version of the figure. But the fact of the matter is. I'm not a big Springer fan, but I find myself playing with this thing when I'm sitting on a computer waiting for something to download. Ah, okay. Just because it's 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 interest. It's not too complex. And mm-hmm. the forms are, are fun, but just kind of hold and make little weird
1: helicopters that playing with them. <laughs> that's awesome. That that's that's really cool and and like I said I mean I think sometimes as as uh uh jaded uh toy collectors and fans I think sometimes we kind of kind of lose touch on that you know I just uh I, I I recently just saw uh Toy Story 4 and all of the anytime I watch one of those movies I I'm filled with existential dread but it's but but the thing that that reminds me is just kind of like the uh, and this this sounds dumb, but this is kind of like, you know, you and I having this kind of conversation, you know, it's uh, the it, it's just it's the magic of toys. You know, it's yeah. it, I mean, there, there is something transportative about a play thing that, you know, it, it it puts you in a different headspace. And, you know, and and in the case of Transformers, you know, it connects you with one of the <laughs> most welcoming and inclusive and fun fandoms out there.
5: Yeah, because let's be honest, for a long time, a lot of us were made fun of, and, yeah, you know, hey, now get, nowadays, it's like, people love this stuff, even though we do all tend to still hate Michael Bay Transformer figures, or, or movies, not the figures so much, but I actually yeah. like some of the figures. Gotcha. But no, it's just, you know, we, I'm, and I'm kidding, by the way, I'm not, I, I, well, I don't really like the Bay movies, but that's <laughs> my preference. Um, but no, it's just the fact of the matter, is it's, they con- toys in general connect us, because, 99% of the people in the world Have had some of some way or another And they and because of the way the world is A lot of people probably One way or another recognize some of the stuff Sure And you know I'm I'm not one of those types That likes to go Oh well you like this But it's not that That's not the best one You know Hey people like different things Are like different things of the same property mm-hmm. You know there are people That love the Cybertron line for example And there's people who like the, As I said Beast Wars You know, but the fact of the matter is, we still, in the end, we all still love the same thing in general. And we have stuff to talk about with it. There's some rivalries and stuff, but it's more, I think in general, it's more good-natured. Because it's like, you know, I make fun, for example, earlier I was kind of making fun of Beast War stuff. But the fact of the matter is, I may make fun of some of that stuff, but the fact people like it, and I'm happy that they like that. Because it gives them something to talk about, gives them something to do, gives them something to have fun with
1: and that's all that matters absolutely and and you're totally right because i i've had a very similar experience myself back when i was not as connected to the fandom, you know, it's like I I've nursed a a pretty hard grudge against those Michael Bay movies. But what I've learned is that, you know, friends that I've connected with, you know, because of like, you know, their their age or when they entered the fandom or whatever. It's like that's their jam. And I got to respect that and just be like, well, That's not my thing, but I appreciate that it's your thing. You know, it's like, you know, kind of of like I've landed on on this kind of like live and let live approach that I don't think I had when I was kind of more withdrawn from the from the fandom at large.
5: Yeah. And as I said, I I may not be the biggest fan of the movies per se. Sure. But there are several of the figures that I think are some of the best design figures that they did. I mean, a perfect example while I don't have the original version of the figure anymore from Hasbro themselves, the hound from, um, age of extinction was amazing. You know, I call him bulkhead. Right. Right. It's exactly. just it, because of the way it, it just, the engineering was great to turn a vehicle that was relatively skinny and small into, into a big John Goodman-esque looking, or back in the day, John Goodman-esque <laughs> character. Right. Right. And yeah. And it's just, Stuff like that's amazing. I liked how they made Jetfire. You know, I mean, yeah, everybody expects the white Cybertronian Jet or a Macross Jet, but the fact is, they took what was always considered one of the coolest of the Jets when I was growing up as a kid mm-hmm. and made it into a cool looking figure. Yeah, and I and I have to like that. And they and they took the added step on some on some of the. I don't know if they do it on all of them, but the one from um, Dark of the Moon made it so it can combine with Optimus Prime. That was a cool feature. That's one of those things. that's like okay. These guys are taking chances. They're yeah, they may not be ex- as aesthetically pleasing as some of the other figures are, but they're still well designed, well engineered, and there's some that I just find definitely on my on my shelves along with some of the uh, some of the older ones. Sure. And, there's
1: nothing wrong with that it's what you like exactly and, and that's that and th- and that's what just makes it so fun is that you know like I, I've I, I've said this so many times on podcasts where my my listeners are probably like uh just got kind of rolling their eyes but but in in transformers I mean there's something for everybody and I think that's what makes it kind of special yeah
5: and and as I said it's like I I don't understand why some people get mad because you don't like it in the way they like it. I mean, with yeah. any genre, with any fandom or hobbydom or what have you, you know, I, I love the IDW's more than Meet The Eye series. Oh, sure. I thought it was probably one of the best and our best um, comic book series. I've read in a long time. Mm-hmm. I'm actually going through and I'm, I've been buying all the collected works cause I didn't read the main line as much, but the, the, the more than meets the eye was brilliant. And uh, I'm going to say something that some people think is just blasphemy. Mm -hmm. How they treated Megatron was probably the best portrayal of the character I've ever seen. Yeah. And because it touched upon the roots that they set up in the, in the old store, old stories of what he originally was trying for Mm -hmm. and that they made him more than just a mustache twirling villain. Exactly. And I actually felt bad when the series ended and you see well you are implied at what his final fate is correct and you part of going okay we know he did this but did he deserve that
1: yeah and and it and it makes it very thought-provoking on terms of like you know rehabilitation and you know just a. I i mean again more than meets the eye and lost light are just rich with those mature themes and so i I was getting those books because I'm a Transformers fan, but there there was a time where I stepped back and I was like, even if I wasn't into Transformers, I would love this series because it's excellent science fiction. Um Exactly. And it does what good sci-fi is supposed to do. It's like, you know, it takes these abstract characters and uses that as a lens to look at what's going on in society and make you think about a thing or two. And what what I enjoy the most about that run of comics is just how how progressive they are, you know, and how it's, it's really kicked the door open for, you know, a, a, an entire... Uh, arm of the fandom that looks nothing like us, you know, and and exactly. I I just I love that. I love being a part of this fandom and sharing that fandom.
5: Yeah, and and the fact of the matter is, I one of the things I also liked, and I'm kind of sad about it, but um, I'm glad to see companies like MMC take take care of it. Is yeah. they didn't follow just what the toy line does, which is what in the, like the main storyline, and of course the comics or the cartoons and stuff they had to push what the figure or what toy was coming out. And let's be honest, I'm not trying to be cynical or anything, but what they did, but at Lost Light, no, they, they, there's figures that we'll probably never see. Yeah. Based on characters in there. And, but it was the characters I liked. And yeah, there's, there's, there's stuff there that some people may not like because it doesn't fit with their vision of what everything is. But the fact is it it answered questions that kind of needed answering. Mm -hmm. And, it made sense and it's like i enjoyed it mm-hmm. and i mean yeah there's people that go well, robots don't have gender anyway for example and it's like they sort of do
1: yeah i mean you
5: know, they kind of introduced that and stuff It's like and if they're these sentient beings that have been shown in the past to not be just pure logic they're going to have emotional reactions and it's not just negative things. right so you have to you have to roll with that and it's if you see characters that are considered "quote both quote unquote male" and they care about each other and love each other, it's like you know what? It it's it's Yeah, they don't. It's like it's not like there was many fembots when all this stuff started. Now they're, I mean, they're expanding it, which is great. Yeah, but it's like you know, and it's for example, one of the things I always thought was some of the more subtle touches was the fact that you kind of get to realize that these characters you think are these old, for lack of a better term, masculine. Gung Ho, fighting robots mm-hmm. don't see themselves as guys, right? Yeah. for example is You look at you look at Cyclonus, or even better, Whirl. Mm-hmm. They their their avatars were female.
1: Correct. Right.
5: Which which you I mean you don't know if they're female or if they feel they're female. It's just it was who that they felt they were being who they were supposed to be. Exactly. And I and I like that.
1: Yeah. And, and again, I just, I, you know, and, and just one thing is just like a quick PSA for, for other, uh, uh, folks listening out there. You know, I, I personally sing the praises of More Than Meets the Eye. Um, Constantly. It's, you know, outside of the the 86 movie, it's probably my favorite Transformers fiction. And but I uh you know I've I've got a buddy, uh Aaron, uh one of the hosts from uh the Autopod Decepticast. He's uh he he's recently kind of gone back from the start of, you know, kind of the, the phase two of uh of the idw comics you know with kind of like the parallel series of uh robots in disguise and more than meets the eye and he you know through through our interactions i keep being reminded that you know, R.I.D. was really good also that uh, that's uh, don't don't sleep on that series. There's a there's a lot of intrigue and subtlety and nuance and 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 just as as progressive of storytellings, too. I mean, I mean, shoot. I mean, they 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 uh, portray uh, Thundercracker as a, a struggling screenwriter, which I, I just I yeah. think is like one of the coolest uh, a character turns that that is a lot of fun. You could get a lot of material out of that.
5: Yeah, I actually, as I said, I've been collecting the collected IDW books, Mm -hmm. which basically puts the entire, both series and the mini series in the
1: preferred reading order. So. Oh, so it's all
5: in there. Is, uh,
1: so you're getting mm-hmm. the big ones, then? Like, like the like. I'm getting the big ones. Oh, very cool. I I would love to read it like that because, like, I I read everything off of the shelf, and you know, I've got a couple trades, uh, you know, like that that I got autographs on, but uh, but yeah, for the most part, I read it kind of like as it happened. So it would be kind of cool to to go back in, you know, kind of IDW's quote unquote uh, preferred reading order to kind of try to experience it that way.
5: Yeah, it, it's it's actually. It does flesh things out a lot and they're not perfect. I actually, one of the, one of the volumes I got is missing about three pages. Um, It was a printing error. So I had to break down and buy one of the, one of the trades of it to complete it. But Mm. in general, it's, it's great. The only thing that stinks is the fact that they're just releasing them so slowly. And I know we're getting towards the end of the original run or the original run before they did the reboot earlier this year, or was it late last year? And so I know they're kind of having to let this finish out or try to get things going for as long as possible, keep everything going. But it's like, come on, we're getting towards the good stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and and. -hmm. but again, the the early stuff is really good also. But yeah, you're right. It it really it really heats up uh, uh, towards the end of the run there. And you know what, Mike, I I could uh, I could chat comics and transformers and all of that stuff with you is, uh, as much as the day is long. Uh, but, um, I think we should probably kind of cap things off, uh, for now. Uh, just, uh, you know, uh, uh, because yeah, like, like I said, we, we could talk for (laughs) literally hours. Um, so, uh, so before we part ways for now, um, could you let folks know, uh, oh uh, where we can connect with you on the internet and uh, what, uh, what social medias we can connect with you on out there on the interwebs.
5: Okay. Well, I, I'll be quite honest. I don't use as much of as the social medias I once did because I've just, I've kind of really realized it's not the best of places to make yourself stay sane.
0: True. Um, <laughs>
5: however, <laughs> on the Facebook, I do have uh, Michael, Michael Scott Robinson, my personal um, profile. I also am on the uh, Pacific Northwest Transformers group. I am in Atomic Mariachi Robots group, which is done by Magnus, um, mm-hmm. pardon me. And I'm in a couple other transformer-related groups, and I'm in actually one one group that's I don't there's not many people in it, but it's one of the oldest groups in, that I've been on was what I, what we call the SW1 group, which is Star Wars Chat Room One from the Yahoo Messenger days. Oh, cool! We all found each we all found each other on Facebook. And we all get together, and we still talk occasionally about Star Wars. But rule number one of Star Wars chat room was you don't talk about Star Wars, right? So we just talk to each other, <laughs> and that's mainly where you can see me. Um, I I I'd say I'd show you my YouTube channel, but it's literally only about three videos. Okay, and they were basically some Team Fortress Two stuff I did. I I don't have as big of a presence. I'm on Instagram, but I don't do much on that either. Honestly, the best way to get in touch with me is just through Facebook. Okay
1: very cool. And I, cause I, I know you've been, uh, in, in those groups that we just talked about on Facebook, you know, you've been posting, uh, teaser images of, you know, the various, uh, blue light specials. And, you know, uh, I, I'm looking at a, a picture of a, a queen size bed full of blind bags and, and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, a big smiling face with, uh, with your awesome Aloha shirt. And, uh, that's, that, that's awesome. So yeah, uh, don't miss Mahalo Mike's blind Bag Bonanza at Side Fest Northwest. Again, that is happening this Saturday. Uh, July twenty seventh at the Kent Commons Community Center, right across the street from uh, the Showware Center. That is going to be um, a whole lot of fun. And again, uh, if if you find yourself by uh, Mahalo Mike's table, just yeah, just uh, just uh, enjoy the stories. It's it's uh it, it it's a really fun time. And it was really for me one of one of my big highlights of uh, going to SideFest Fest uh, Northwest last year because it was just, it was just something unexpected i was like oh hey you know it's blind bags all right this is cool and and yeah it was just 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 great fun so so good on you for finding a way to make it happen again this year
5: uh, as I said, thank you for giving me basically the kick in the pants to do it.
1: <laughs> you know, I'll be honest with you, Mike. I had no idea that i I was influential in that. I was just singing your praises and giving you a shout out so so yeah, hey, I,
5: you know if i if I want to get more praises, I gotta do it again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there it is, there it is. <laughs> Well, Mike, this has been an absolute pleasure uh, uh, getting to know you and hearing your stories, and of course, talking about uh, the blind bag bonanza um, at a at Sidefest. And before uh, before we part ways for now, any uh, any uh, parting thoughts you'd like to share with the audience that we may not have touched on yet?
5: I just, as I said, just you know, respect other people and how they follow their fandom.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: There's no wrong answers in this. There's no
1: guidebook, and just enjoy yourself absolutely well you know and it's kind of like the the uh gospel of will wheaton you know uh don't be a dick <laughs> yeah <laughs> so very cool all right well uh uh mike thank you so much for taking the time to jump on with me here for this uh this uh special uh side fest extravaganza podcast and we'll uh we'll see you on saturday okay
5: all righty i'll be waiting
1: all right cool have a have a great night man we'll uh we'll talk again soon You take care, and because I got to say it, mahalo.
0: No mail today. Nobody likes you. Let's show Mike some love. Right into the mailbag at MikeCyberRadio at gmail.com. And of course, the spelling on that is S E I B E R T. You got mail. Everybody loves you.
1: And that will do it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Tune in next weekend for my conversation with DieCast from TF Radio and Radio Free Cybertron. And we're talking about that HasLab Unicron. Is it worth your time and your money? Uh, that's It's it's an interesting conversation, and we do talk about some of the uh, news that has happened with regards to uh, HasLab Unicron uh, uh, just this week. Um, come out and watch my panel, The Legacy of the Transformers, the movie. It will be the panel uh, that you will want to uh, uh, check out and participate in that live recording of Mike Seibert Radio during Cybefest Northwest 2019 uh, happening this Saturday, July twenty. 20- 27th at the Kent Commons Community Center. And if you want to listen to our past shows, subscribe on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Like, share, rate, and review the show. Tell us what you think and what you'd like to hear in the future. It really does help. Mike Cybert Radio is produced by Dave Sanders. My name is Mike. This has been Mike Cybert Radio. We will see you at SideFest on Saturday. And until next time, make good choices.
0: You've been listening to the Mike Seibert Radio Podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching at Mike Seibert Radio. Email us at radio at gmail.com. The spelling on that, of course, is S-E-I-B-E-R-T. Call into the voicemail hotline at 231-224-Mike. Once again, that's 231-224-6453. Special thanks to Michael Geisler for our theme music. For more like it, check out ByDoorMusic.com. This has been a Mike Seibert Radio Production.